a playlist original. ready to be petty welcome back to another episode of rtbp i just want to say thank you so much for all the love on episode 86 it's been so nice to hear from all of you if you want to hear more from me <laughs> i was on that's so matthew talking about the first twilight movie i fangirled so hard i'm really geeked out about my love of Twilight, how I found the book in like grade eight or grade nine, how I went to the premiere on the opening night, how I listened to the soundtrack every day because I had depression, <laughs> and how I watched a torrented, illegally pirated version of the movie on my infamous purple iPod Nano and the screen is literally one centimeter by one centimeter. It has been talked about on this godforsaken podcast but it was so much fun to just geek out about Twilight and it has really um, reignited I should say my love for this franchise. It was dormant for a little bit. I was distracted but now it's back in full swing it is the twilight renaissance on tiktok and i am indulging every which way i can speaking of indulging i was also on bridgerton a post show recap with geneva kirsten and sarah and we talked about episode four of season two of bridgerton and that should be out now as well so if you want a more detailed analysis of episode four you can find me over there Uh, We do some like character analysis. I talk about the costumes. We thirst over Antony. It's all fun and games over there. (laughs) Okay, I feel like we should get to the show, but I kept Morgan for like an hour. So I was like, okay, we got to wrap up. But there are some more things that I want to talk about. A little bit of Summer House, a little bit of Tyler Cameron, my own This Week in Petty. So stick around to the end of the episode. I'm just going to basically do my version of like shitposting on the internet. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Morgan. I'm back with a very special guest. Morgan from Morgan's Pop Talks is here. Morgan, how are you? Um, I'm a little jet lagged. I'm not going to lie to you just back from London yesterday, but I mean, if anything gets me excited, it's talking about pop culture. So I'm ready for it, even though I am maybe a little bit more tired than I would normally be. I feel like being tired though, usually makes for like an unhinged episode. And I I am ready for that. (laughs) Truly. And I feel like I was kind of like, Oh, what are we going to talk about? And then like, Courtney and Travis got married so like we'll talk about that yeah and it's like are they married are they not married I feel like how many times have we been on this hamster wheel of Kravis you know engaged married babies are we ever gonna know what's really going on but who knows it's truly can't keep up with the Kardashians I mean there's a reason why they named it that honestly so you're Uh, podcast obviously talks about pop culture. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what you're covering on your show? 
Yeah. So I love reality TV. So the bachelor, you know, summer house, uh, the housewives, sometimes we'll get into some survivor talk. I just really found in the pandemic and really, you know, just being an avid lover of pop culture that I gravitate towards reality TV because I feel like I, as a viewer, connect more with what I'm watching when I feel like, you know, these are people's real lives, they're people's real relationships. And, um, you know, I found through running my Instagram pages, my TikTok pages that, you know, you can actually get in contact with these people and form relationships and friendships. So um, Morgan's Pop Talks, every single week we do the pop three, which is the biggest headlines in pop culture. We do a deep dive, which is a um, submission every single week by one of my followers. I'll invite them on the podcast. Anything they want to know more about, whether it's you know, did Kravis actually get married? What's going on with Tyler C and Kristen Cavallari? So that I kind of use as um, a way for the audience, you know, what do you guys want to hear more from in this episode? And then at the end, at the end, we just fly by the seat of our pants. Sometimes I tell you what's going on in my real life. Sometimes I'm telling you about when I'm like beefing with Nick Vial. It just really depends <laughs> on the week. Okay. I literally want to talk about this because I I'm so embarrassed that I used to be like a Nick truther like I don't know like so I probably now I'm a Nick hater it probably happened like <laughs> I don't know like two or three years ago but mm. like I was like riding for him for like a solid like five years and it's literally like it was it's just probably one of my worst takes I've ever had like <laughs> in my entire life it's okay we all do things that we regret and yeah. you know, I I was like impartial to him. You know, I I didn't love him. I didn't hate him. Um, but he had some things to say about me. I guess so. I I don't know what he how he feels about me. He's really. I feel like I don't know. Like put all of his eggs in his podcast basket. So I just feel like he needs like very like clickbaity titles and like all just like this stuff that because I don't think he has anything else going on so he's like he will literally shit on anybody or like I don't know just try really hard to to stir the pot which he does really well uh, yeah I mean we saw him stir the pot when he was on Andy Dorfman's season you know when yeah, he yeah. told the whole entire world their intimate details so can't say that I'm really surprised you know his his career path I guess yeah, 100%. Like, it makes total sense. But, yeah, every every time, like, someone's beefing with Nick, I'm like, oh, let's chat about this. <laughs> I just, like, I I don't know how I could have been so blind to his, like, I don't know, him being just awful. Yeah, and, you know, it was all in good fun. I mean, I don't know if you want me to, like, explain what went down. Um, I'll give, like, a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in case people don't know. Yeah, and just a quick version. After the final rose or the mental law, one of the two, it was that really awkward moment when Caitlin started asking Tasha what happened between her and Zach. So I went on my Instagram story, and I was talking about how awkward that moment felt and how scripted it felt. And not even 30 minutes later, I have a DM from Caitlin freaking Bristow herself. And, mm -hmm. and I like my heart fell into my butt. I was so scared. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, because you never expect someone like Caitlin Bristow to be looking at, at your Instagram stuff. stories. Yeah. You know? 
And she wrote me this very long response about how that actually went down and how it was thrown in last minute. Um, you know, very detailed response. I did a, a deep dive on it on my podcast. And I asked her, I said, can I share these things on my podcast? Because I feel like it's definitely something that viewers would want to know because it's not on the surface. It's not actually how it appears like as it went down in real life. So she was like, of course. Yeah. Um, that podcast episode exploded. I mean, obviously I, I, I didn't know that it would, but I can see why it would, it was, it was pretty good tea. And I guess Nick Bile just had an issue with, with me getting that good tea and not him. Cause he kept saying, who is, who is this? Who is this Morgan person? And you know what? Look, I can laugh. I laugh it off. And I think it's, I think it's funny. I was not at all offended because I don't expect him to know who I am or what I talk about or anything. You know, the producer, Allison, who I'm actually friends with now, we work together, um, on an, on another YouTube channel. She said, Nick, she told you my name was Morgan. So like, please stop calling me that person or who, who, who's this Morgan person? Like, just say Morgan, like, and be done with it. Yeah, it's those type of like shady things or like ways to put down people that I just like cannot stand. Also, it's like if you're going to be like a journalist or a podcaster or whatever, like obviously you can like like this. This show is all about being petty. So we we definitely throw jabs. But like it's also like there's there's a time and a place for it. And I'm like, uh, if you're going to like be a podcaster, you should also like I don't know, look into the stories that you're covering maybe a little bit. I I famously don't. (laughs) (laughs) I expect something of his like, like uh, standing to like, to look into that type of stuff. Yeah. I feel like he has other people look into it for him. And so he doesn't really, you know, he just shows up and, and does what he does. And look, he's, he's built a very successful brand. That's not easy. He's built, you know, a solid listenership. Granted, him being on TV definitely helped that. But at the same time, like, just call me Morgan. Like, it's not that hard. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. So today we're going to dive into truly all of my favorite things. We're going to talk about Courtney and Travis. We're going to talk about Summer House, The Bachelorette, and then you're going to name a Pettyweight Champ of the Week and we'll share this week in Petty Stories. So... As we mentioned at the top of the show, Courtney and Travis are possibly married. Do you think that this is like a true story? Okay, I think that they, because there's two versions of the story that's floating around out there. You know, this happened after the Grammys. They went to Las Vegas. They got married by an Elvis impersonator. I think that that did happen. You know, I feel like they were up late. They were celebrating. They're like, let's go get married because that's their MO, right? To do these, you know, overtly romantic things in the name of, you know, till death do us part, skull emojis, you know, licking each other's tongues in public. Like that's the kind of stuff that they do. The the key difference with all the stories I'm seeing is whether or not there is actually a marriage certificate. Like, is it legal? Is it, you know, legally binding? And I would say, no, I don't think that there is a marriage certificate. I think they probably just thought it was a funny thing to do, cute thing to do and, and didn't take it so seriously. I mean, it's Vegas who really takes it 
super seriously. Um, I also just don't feel like they would do anything in their off season for the Kardashians, especially such a big moment, like getting married, like the moment that everybody wants to see. So if I had to guess, I would say that they're not legally married, but they did, you know, go through the motions of the ceremony. Yeah, I have like a very similar take. Like I just people of, again, the fame of Courtney and Travis and like all the money involved and stuff like that. I don't think do random. This isn't Britney Spears marrying uh, like Jason Alexander, whoever it was back in the day. Like I just don't see them doing that but apparently they could have brought maybe like a marriage license so like maybe it was a little bit planned but I definitely do see it their vibe to even just like do a yeah a ceremony like you said and it has been super trendy I've seen on TikTok I don't know why I'm on marriage (laughs) wedding TikTok it's definitely like a trend right now for pictures and stuff to be like in Las Vegas, like engagement pictures or like wedding pictures, like with the lights and Elvis and all of that shit. Like it's just, it's very, very on trend, I would say. And you know, the Kardashians love trends, whether they're setting them or following them. 100%. And the one thing that kind of like is like, oh, I could see this as being real or maybe they did again this for fun and they're going to be doing like a, proper ceremony later down the road is I'm pretty I still believe that they got engaged in Vegas and that the beach engagement with all the roses that we're gonna see on their new Hulu show was like a secondary proposal for the TV show (laughs) let's be honest I feel like Travis Barker probably asked Courtney to marry him like upwards of 20 different times you know what I mean like He is that kind of person that it's like, oh, we're going here tonight. Let me just ask Courtney if she'll marry me. You know, like, (laughs) I feel like that's what they do for fun is little mini proposals everywhere. Yeah, literally. They're like so obsessed with each other that like none of this is surprising to me. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't think we'll see this possibly pseudo wedding on the TV show? I don't know. I mean, everything that I've seen right now says that they're, you know, not filming. We're, we're getting ready for the the premiere in what, like, you know, less than two weeks, not even, I don't know. I feel like we would have known if, if they had cameras rolling because we knew at the engagement, you know, like immediately people are like, Oh yeah, it's going to be on the show. Oh yeah. Here's a camera in this Instagram story and this Instagram story. Now we haven't seen anything like on social media, any picture proof. So I guess it's hard to, hard to tell, but if I'm going with my gut instinct, I'm going to say no. Yeah. I feel like that too. I also think with Courtney, she wants to save things for not the TV show. Cause she's notoriously the private Kardashian, but also she like very much it's her first marriage, first engagement. And she had such a long relationship with Scott that I feel like like she's in her 40s. I feel like she wants to make it special and private and stuff. And like, that's so fair. Like, I did not expect them to cover any of it on the TV show because I like sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like we deserve or like we don't need to be privy to this information. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like it's 
it's nice to see Courtney in this new element because we've seen her so unhappy for so long. So I will say that I feel like, you know, if I'm a Kardashian, I would, I would much rather, or I would be more comfortable showing that side, you know, really, really happy as opposed to a Chloe and Tristan situation, which I, I feel like Chloe out of the three shares the most. I feel like she's the most vulnerable. And I honestly feel like, especially in most recent years, we have seen the consequences of that in her personality change because she's really not, you know, the same person that she used to be. She, you know, talks openly about having a lot more insecurities. I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I definitely think she's got some body image issues because of all the things that have been said about her. So it's also one of those things like maybe Courtney saw how it was affecting Chloe and, and didn't want to go down that road and sharing everything. Yeah, that's so fair. That's so true. Yeah. She really has changed as a person and that makes me just so sad. Like when you like really think about it, not that I'm like a love slash hate like person of the Kardashians, but I'm like, that really does like, no one deserves that. Even though you've like also done bad things too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god the next thing I wanted to chat about was summer house because if people are not watching summer house I swear to god it is my favorite tv show on television right now how have you been enjoying this season best season so far and I just started getting into summer house really like over quarantine and I remember one of my hot takes was that I hated it I hated it the first three seasons I was like what is this? You know, like, I don't care about any of these people. But then as soon as Kyle wrote that 17 page email, I was like hooked and it just keeps getting better and better. And I really feel like as Vanderpump rules declines, summer house is just taking off. And I feel like pretty soon we're going to have to say goodbye to Vanderpump rules because I feel like summer house is just doing so much better. I'm emotionally invested in a lot of them as a cast in their relationships. You know, I like that. It's not, you know, because with Vanderpump rules, they're just too famous now, but at least with summer house, the concept is they work during the week and they're in the Hamptons in the weekend. Obviously they're more famous now too, and they're getting money other ways, but they're still technically, you know, working Monday through Friday. It's funny. Cause like, it's still set up like them going to the house every weekend, but it feels so much less set up than Vanderpump rules and the housewives where it's like, here's our dinner that we're going to plan or like this party that we're going to attend or whatever. And like, it, it just feels so staged where summer house, like, again, really does feel like friends that are getting together for the weekend. And we just get to like peek in, (laughs) peek in the blinds a little bit. Yeah. And I think it really is most like telling that they're actually friends with, um, you know, complex relationships because there are, there are clear clicks in the house, you know, and, and it started built slowly building like last season. And I feel like this season, it really has taken off where it's like, you know, you have Carl, Lindsay, Danielle, Robert, um, Luke on one side. And then you have Sierra page Maya in the Southern charm boys on another, you know, on the other side. And I remember just in the off season, listening to like podcast episodes of, 
like Lindsay or Craig. And I'd be like, do they hate each other? You know what? Like, do they really not like each other? And I think now that we're getting to see it, it's like, yeah, they really don't like each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's like starting to come out. And you got to meet Lindsay and Carl. I did. Were they like as good looking as they are on the TV show? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so funny because on my pages, I did like, uh, I did two. I did which, which summer house female would I want to be best friends with and which guy would I be the most nervous meeting? And I said, I would want to be best friends with Lindsay. And I said, I would be most nervous to meet Carl. And that's yeah. exactly how it played out. You know, like I got up to Carl and I, I like blacked out a little bit. And I, I actually borderline insulted him because I was like, I love yeah. you, Carl, but I'm really here to see Lindsay. And he was like, yeah. okay. You know, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. But she gave me a big hug. Um, she comments on the videos. Sometimes she will respond to like my Instagram stories. She is just the nicest so they were amazing yes so are you team Lindsay or team Sierra in the whole like fight for Austin (laughs) oh my gosh oh it's hard because I see both of them have points so I don't think one is 100% right and the other is 100% wrong I think they both handled things correctly and incorrectly. I think that Lindsay could have been more sensitive to Sierra's feelings. I mean, she was really upset and maybe Lindsay didn't know the extent of how upset she would be, but at the same time, like how close of friends were they, were they that close where, you know, Lindsay needs to be overtly thinking about how Sierra would feel about it. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, I just, I've never gotten to that point where I threw a drink at someone, threw a glass at someone, someone who's not even involved. You know, I, maybe I'm lucky that I've never gotten to that point of anger in my life. Like I've never been that mad at somebody where that just comes out. Um, And I even said today, I feel like when they talked just one-on-one, I'm like, oh, that was nice. That was a nice resolution. And then I watch what watch what happens live and Sierra still seems to be pissed at Lindsay. So I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is yeah. going on? Especially like the glass part. I'm like, you could have really and like in the like face and chest area. I'm like, you could have really like if that got in her eye or like something like that, that that's like really dangerous. So I was like, Ooh, that's bad. And then Danielle with the candlestick, I think is just such an iconic, like, <laughs> like a literally a lit candle. Like I was a like, Picasso that. picture. Yes. Or I like, I was frame. thinking like clue, like, <laughs> Oh yeah. You're thinking of like, you're right. That is like a perfect, like could be a Renaissance. Painting. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, I, it was giving me f- clue vibes of like, Danielle in the kitchen with the candlestick. Literally, literally. But yeah, and it seemed like they had a new resolution. I kind of like my theory is that like Lindsay Loki was like, oh, well, that's like that was like a fake relationship for like the TV show. (laughs) I don't think Sierra like got the message. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, but like it sucks because she like clearly obviously likes him. But Austin like is a loser like 100%. So do you think she's super hung up on it because she sees how successful couples can be in reality TV, like Paige and Craig, 
Kyle and Amanda, Carl and Lindsay. Like, do you think that's why she's like kind of clinging to this relationship? I think maybe. Um, I think more of it is though. I mean, I'm 29, but and I, I, I'm like getting ready to say, you know, when I was 25, like it was that long ago. It was only four years ago, but. But I mean, I also went through similar situations with guys that I just looking back, I'm like, ew, like, what was I thinking? You know, but they played the same game on me where, you know, they're kind of goofy, you know, they're definitely not the hottest guy in the room, but they have this overt self-confidence and charm and you're drawn to them and they tell you all the right things that you want to hear. And so when they flip the switch on you, it's like, excuse me, what? Like you are going to do that to me. And I feel like Sierra is having a hard time grasping that. And, and maybe she's not going to be the one to say, because she's, you know, she's so much better than him, but I feel like internally she knows that she is, I mean, she's a, she's stunning. She is gorgeous. She's an ICU nurse. She's smart. She's so much better than him. And I think it's, I honestly think it's just an ego thing and I've been there. So I, I don't fault her for it. Yeah. Yeah. It was so devastating when Maya came up to Sierra after the fight and was like, you'll never get the response you want from Lindsay. And I'm like, so sorry that she sees that. Cause it's really hard to move on when you just have to, like understand that the person will never see it your way and I was like oh my god that's such a like real life thing that we're seeing this is why this show is so good that's such a real life thing and such a like mature thing for Maya to say and and she was like it's so fucked up and I'm so sorry but like you're never gonna get the apology that you're looking for yeah but I even think that there was progress when Lindsay at least admitted to Sierra that you know she did like Austin and that they've been they've had a long history together and you know what she said about my boyfriends have been insecure about him and vice versa and you know she said I do like him so I'm glad that she at least admitted it because I feel like it would be worse if Lindsay really was like, no, I don't like him at all. And I just really don't care. But I feel like we definitely could tell that there was like underlying emotions with that. And do I think it was a little bit for revenge? I I think yes, it, a, a little yes. bit was. I, I've been seeing that too. So you think that it's revenge from Lindsay because she liked Austin in Vermont and then Sierra, like he chose Sierra over her? Yeah. And I feel like Lindsay, you know, at least from what I've seen in the past, and maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but she, yes, she makes a big deal about things, but I don't think that she likes to reveal when she's really heartbroken because, you know, when her and Carl didn't work out the first time, you know, they very quickly went back to just being friends. Whenever she broke up with Stravi, she was like on the phone with him, you know, at the beach. And it was just like, yeah, I think we need to be done. They dated for a long time. She thought she was going to marry this guy and have, you know, babies, you know, the whole nine, the whole timeline. I've never, I have, I cannot remember that I've ever seen Lindsay like in tears over a guy. And she tells Austin that she's in love with him. He pumps the brakes and then she just like she has done in all of her other relationships that we've seen. She just cuts it off and doesn't really show any emotion. So maybe she was harboring a lot of that 
emotion and was trying to make Sierra feel a little bit of what she felt during winter house. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me because it definitely is a defense mechanism of Lindsay and so many other people like myself included, where it's like, you're so hurt. So you're acting so not even stoic, but just so like, like oblivious and like, because you, otherwise you are breaking down crying. (laughs) So And I mean, Lindsay has been very open about her abandonment issues. You know, her mom left her when she was young. So I feel like it definitely is, like you said, a defense mechanism when people leave her or reject her. She doesn't like to show that pain that she's in. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I do love her though, because, and I just think she is so authentic to her true self. Like it's like, you're right. Like we can kind of track this pattern of her, her behavior, but also just like her being like, I actually don't give a fuck about like this situation. I'm going to do what I want, but like having a heart to heart with Sierra and being like, okay, yeah, I see like how this kind of went down. Like, I just feel like that's like classic Lindsay. And I just, yeah, she is just meant to be on TV. Yeah. She 100%. I feel like, and it's not easy to be 100% yourself. And I feel like sometimes we get like glimpses of who, who we think people are, but it's not really a hundred percent them, but I feel like she is the real deal. Like she is authentic in who she is. She doesn't make any excuses or apologies for who she is. And I really, when there is a world of viewers and internet trolls ready to just slaughter you over anything and everything. I think it really says a lot about who she is as a person that she doesn't change who she is to appeal to people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I feel like the other major players of this season are Paige and Craig. And I, again, like have kind of been like a Paige stan, but then like I don't think she's a perfect person. None of us are. But like this season, I really think she was egging Sierra on for like good TV. So um, a really popular Bravo fan account, Queens of Bravo, tweeted from the slut shaming brothel comments towards Lindsay to egging Sierra on from the pure joy in watching Sierra and Danielle fight. This is a side of Paige that can't hide behind Hannah. Do you think some of her like true colors are showing this season? Like she was slut shaming uh, Lindsay for like hooking up with Austin and then like that random dude. And I really feel like she wanted Sierra to fight Lindsay because she doesn't have the best relationship with Lindsay. Lindsay and Paige's dysfunctional relationship did not happen overnight. One of my uh, coworkers, Samantha Bush, she's, uh, she runs Bravo Historian. She did a in-depth article about the, the relationship between Lindsay and Paige from the get-go, you know, from the moment that Paige stepped on the scene. They've had a lot of little fights multiple times throughout the season, and I feel like it finally just kind of exploded. Yeah, it's hard because anytime that you're doing or you're watching reality TV, they kind of like to pinpoint one person as the villain. I think this season it's probably Kyle is the most villain-esque until this, you know, Sierra moment when she threw the wine glass. Um, But Hannah was 
hugely the villain of last season. So everybody else just kind of took a back seat. And I feel like maybe we are starting to see different sides of Paige. Maybe she's feeling more comfortable in saying those types of things because she's had such a warm fan reaction. The for, you know, she's a fan favorite and, and don't get me wrong. I love her too. I think she's adorable. I think she's smart. I think she's witty and funny. Um, but like you said, there are some things that are also not great. And I don't know if it's maybe because she is dating someone else on a reality TV show that the two of them know how the game works and, and maybe they want this for publicity for themselves and for their relationship. That's speculation. I have no idea. Um, but I have to imagine that it's something that they talk about in their relationship. It has to be. And like, I'm of the minds where two things can be true, where it's like they can date each other because they like each other and because it's good for their careers. And I think that's the case with Paige and Craig. But I do think that couple, like couples kind of get a little bit of protection from each other, from like some of the criticism and just, yes, Queens of Bravo, like, in this tweet and I'll link it in my show notes and I'll link the the article by Sam too just like the look of glee that she had in her eyes like and like I also I want people to make good tv so it's like I like I guess that's good that she stirred the pot but I was like oh she's like really into this like yeah and everybody else at the table was not you know, 100%. everybody was looking very upset, very uncomfortable. So for Paige to have such a stark contrast to everybody else kind of made it obvious that, yes, she did egg Sierra on and maybe even project some of her feelings towards Lindsay, you know, onto Sierra for Sierra to then do the dirty work for her. Yeah. 100%. Paige is definitely also, like you said, a fan favorite. She's also, I'm coining this, a Dumois darling because she is always in like the Dumois blinds, but like they're always kind of in a good light. But this week there was one that basically, I'm not going to read it out. I'll put it in the show notes, but it was basically saying that Craig is cheating on her a lot uh do you think that there's any like validity to that do you see him as like I don't know a cheater or do you think that people are just again trying to kind of tear them down yeah so the one that I saw and maybe we saw different ones but the one that I saw was in reference to like right before they made things official Um, like, but while, while we're still seeing what's going on, on, on summer house, you know, where he's coming to the house, she's going to meet the parents and he's, you know, hooking up with Naomi at the same time. Um, I, I believe that I believe that he did because I know, I don't know, but I believe (laughs) he did in Vegas. People saw them leave the elevator together. Yeah. And I think that makes sense on why he's dragging his feet because you're not going to invite somebody to come meet your parents. If you don't really like them and see a future with it, he told, he told Amanda that he envisioned her at the altar, but she's not even your girlfriend. 
for for what reason for what it's, reason it's such classic fuckboy behavior like when he was like oh come to charleston meet my parents at this seafood dinner but like it's not like meeting my parents and i was like well then what is it right like- right and it's sad because like you see Paige just cling to you know the glimmer positive in a in a sentence full of negative she hears oh, but I'm meeting his parents. So that means this. And it's like, no, actually he's, he's like not treating you very well. I don't know. I just, I would feel like I'm too old for this. You know, Craig is in his thirties. Like Paige, I think is, is almost 30. Like I'm too old for this. Yeah. 100%. Oh my God. It literally drives me insane. But I will say Craig was sticking up for, Sierra in this episode too so I was like whatever that saying is about a clock that strikes midnight at (laughs) I've never heard that saying it's like a clock is right twice a broken clock is right twice a day or something like that I've never heard that one probably because I'm not saying it right like at all but basically it's saying like a person who's wrong can also be right once in a while and I was like okay, Craig, like I actually appreciated like what he had to share about this situation. And then again, then he starts talking about Paige or something like that. And I was like, oh, I hate you again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My God, so funny. And we're going to talk about Kristen C, but she did like a big Q&A on our Instagram stories. And she kind of was alluding to wanting to spill the tea on Craig and Austin. And then was like, I don't want to give these scumbags more of a platform. Do you think that that is like, alluding to because she has gotten so much of a mention on the season of summer house and like maybe those guys were again just like using their friendship for clout yeah well I definitely think scumbags she was definitely talking about Craig and Austin and I like I like that she put story in quotation marks because that's what it is right it's a story to drive ratings for your reality television show it's a story to have you know relevance in media headlines and even though that instagram story adds to the story it's exactly what she doesn't want to do i'm glad that she addressed it because you know, they're doing it on national television without any regard to how she would feel about it. So I'm here for it. I'm team Kristen when it comes to this. I honestly don't even care if her and Craig hooked up. Do I think that they did? Maybe like once. I don't think it was an active thing. I actually did a deep a deep dive on their timeline. Um, and there wasn't a lot of time for them to be actively hooking up between when it started when Craig was single and then when he went to, um, the summer house to be with Paige. So I don't know. I just, I I'm glad Kristen said something without saying something. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then quickly, before we talk about the bachelor, just cause we're talking about Kristen, she was pictured with on the set of an uncommon James campaign with Tyler C and everyone is like shipping them so hard Do you think that there's like a possibility that they're actually dating or do you think this is just fully like you are a contracted employee because you are a model? This is a one time thing. And like, thanks for the the ratings and the stories. I'm really, really conflicted on this one, because on one hand, I'm like, 
Kristen is not, she's, she's just having fun. You know, she's been pretty open about the, the fact that she wants to have fun. She's with Jay Cutler for 10 years. You know, they have children together. She even said on that Instagram story that she doesn't want to date narcissists anymore. Like she wants somebody to be fun. So when I first saw, I'm like, oh, they're hooking up and it's casual and it's fun. And they're just living life. Um, but then, you know, more from her, ask me anything on Instagram. She was like, I'm ready for a serious relationship. You know, when you are finally happy with yourself, it's amazing what the universe attracts. And then the next day she's posting these things with Tyler and it's like, okay, yes, he was an employee on your photo shoot, but she's the CEO and she makes the decision on who is being the model for that particular shoot. And we know that they met on um, the set of E while Tyler was doing some stuff for Dirty Dancing and they had chemistry then I mean people were shipping them in that moment so um I want to say that they are in the early phases of something serious okay I'm gonna I'll save this (laughs) hopefully we can use it in a few months when it's confirmed to be true I don't see him like stepping into like a stepdad Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But I will say like Kristen is just the queen of headlines and staying relevant even though she has like not like too, too much going on because everyone is just like eating this up. Like like, whoever had the brilliant idea to hire him for this campaign, like hook, line, and sinker, I will maybe purchase some Uncommon James products. She knows what she's doing. She's a smart businesswoman, that's for sure. Yeah, but I do ship them. I think they'd be such a cute couple. So we'll see. We'll see. So The Bachelorette is coming back in July, and it's going to have two bachelorettes, which they did that, like you mentioned, with Caitlin Bristow. What do you think about Gabby and Rachel being joint bachelorettes? I'm interested to see how it will pan out. I like it in the aspect that they're both very different. So we're not going to see the same type of relationships between the two of them, which is good. I think they'll, the show will have balance. Um, I also have always said when I complain about the bachelor, most of the times it's like in the beginning of the season, I'm so bored with it, you know, because it's like these group dates and, and nobody's got a connection and it's more about like the drama in the house. So I'm really hoping that things will move faster because there's two of them, because sometimes I feel like the show is really slow, especially, you know, it's two hours and I'm just like, oh, this easily could have been an hour. So maybe it'll give more content for the producers to work with. I think I'm in the same boat as everybody where they just don't want to see Gabby and Rachel ending up fighting over a guy and ruining their friendship. The show creator, Mike Fleiss has been adamant that that won't be the case on Twitter, but it's reality TV. And I think that they've done enough to prove that, you know, there are no holds bar when it comes to the bachelor franchise. And we got a listener submitted question that I'm going to play for you. I'm pretty sure it's like the same question I just asked you, but we'll edit it in to make it work. (laughs) Hi, uh, Tori and hopefully Morgan. I just wanted to get your take on the double bachelorette situation. 
it's um, potentially going to be terrible, but I know Bachelor is just a horrible franchise. We cannot trust at this point. But, um, you know, I wanted to say that I did watch the Australia season when there was two sisters as double Bachelorettes. And it actually was okay in terms of, like, not pitting two women against each other. They both just kind of picked their guys they liked. And then it was, like, just two kind of seasons in one. And I don't know if that's possible in the States. And I'd like to hear what you think. Um Australia also has had Austra- um, kind of a queer representation in their Bachelor franchise. They had a bisexual identified woman uh, be the Bachelorette. And I just was wondering if you think that's ever possible here in uh, the messed up North America culture. Um, yeah. And also Gabby is the queen and I am so pissed. They don't give her more credit for being an ICU nurse during the pandemic. My God, they should make such a big deal out of that. I am a frontline worker and it has been hell on earth. So just wanted to say that and uh, hear what you have to say about this double bachelorette situation we have coming for us. Bye. Oh my goodness. So first off, thank you to like frontline workers, healthcare workers forever, but especially during the last couple of years, we so appreciate everything that you have done and we know it's so, so tough out there right now. So Thanks, Kat, for the question and the work that you do. So Kat asked, yeah, what what do you think? Do you think it'll work, I guess, like thematically? And then do you think that in the U.S. version of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, do you think we'll ever have like a queer lead? Yeah, so the first question, I think that if they play their cards right, it'll work. I watched Joe Millionaire. Did you watch Joe Millionaire? No, but like people loved it. It was amazing. It was I should amazing. watch it. Amazing. And it's the same concept. I mean, ABC said, "Thanks for the idea, Fox. We're just going to take it from here and bring it to the biggest show on net- network television." Um they had two guys, you know, in a pool of girls and um they yes sometimes they were into the same girl but it never was you know super dramatic it never like came to blows the guys were really good friends and then at the end they each walked away with the girl that you know they were into the most so I think it can work um I'm just hoping that ABC prioritizes it working instead of you know making the show dramatic for the sake of, um, ratings about having a queer lead in the future. Never say never. Um, I think if anything, it'll start with some contestants, you know, being openly bisexual. I don't think that we've even seen that. I know Demi, you know, when she was on paradise, um, but that wasn't when she was on Colton season, I will say that I think we have seen that the bachelor franchise is like light years behind (laughs) what they should be. I mean, it's taken so long to even get diversity in race on the show. I mean, even to have a black lead, so maybe slow and steady wins the race. But like I said, never say never. Do I think it's going to happen in the next three years? Honestly, I don't think that. Um, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, totally. And like, I feel like, yeah, we had, yeah, Demi, obviously. And then there was also a 
a contestant that was by on next season speak of the devil next season (laughs) but I think that she went home really early and I'm sure there's so many other queer contestants on the tv show that just aren't out or are out in their personal lives and not like publicly but um yeah I would hope that we see some more diversity in sexual orientations bodies like everything so I I really hope that it pivots that way but again bachelor nation like cow toes to like the its audience which is a very white space a very like kind of middle america space so um yeah i won't be holding my breath but i i really think that they could eventually and there was such a great queer season of are you the one on mtv so that might fill your like your need for a dating show with queer contestants but yeah, cable television, I just feel like is always kind of behind the times. Yeah. And I was even thinking, you know, like ABC would really, or not, not just ABC in general, because I know they do have their streaming service in Disney plus, but like dating shows on streaming services are, you know, so much more popular because it's so much more accessible to people. And I mean, how long have they been teasing this senior version of the batch oh for it feels years. Like two years. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, where yeah. is that? So I feel like there's so many different spin-off opportunities that the franchise could utilize in a streaming service. Kind of like what I'm thinking in my head right now is um the Real Housewives. You know, they did the Miami reboot on Peacock and people loved it. So maybe we'll see that first when it comes to the future of the franchise. But I think they would be stupid not to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. They definitely need to pivot and they're not doing it as fast as their audience would like, which I guess, yeah, is classic with, you know, social change and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm excited to see Gabby and Rachel's season. I just, yeah, really cherish their friendship and I would just be so sad if something like happened to that but otherwise I'm kind of excited do you think it's coincidental that this has happened with two female lead seasons or do you think that that's not a coincidence no it's not it's not they would never do this to a male contestant and I feel like I said this on my podcast. How fun would it be to see James and Aaron do that together? Oh my God. Or yes. I, I mean, I know some people don't like Greg and I know that he has a girlfriend now, but even Greg and Andrew, it would be such great television. And I'm like, why, why does it always have to be, you know, the women who get the short end of the stick? Even Tasha, I feel like got the short end of the stick in her season. She didn't even get a mental all or an after the final after the final rose so I'm just like come on like we're talking about them being light years behind those are some pretty good examples of them truly being behind the times okay we're gonna shift into pettyweight champion of the week Morgan who are you nominating this week I am nominating Kanye West and it's not anything that he's done online. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's been (laughs) off the grid for a little bit. He has not been back, which can I just say shocking, you know, when he was banned from Instagram for 24 hours, I thought start the countdown clock. You know, as soon as that 24 hours is up, he's going to be on another tear about something completely different because, you know, this is the one thing he said 
he, he, he didn't think was going to happen. You know what I'm trying to say? He's like, you know, they're trying to take away my freedom of speech and whatever he was saying. That's not why he's being nominated. He is being nominated because I don't know if you know this, but he won a Grammy on Sunday and he won a Grammy for his song called jail, which ironically is a song about being canceled. So he won a Grammy about a song about being canceled while not being allowed in attendance at the Grammys, which I just think is like some poetic justice that he won that Grammy for that song. And of course, I don't condone Kanye's online behavior in recent weeks. I think everybody can agree he needed to like calm it down, just calm it down. But I thought, wow. You know, he's nominated for more than one Grammy, but the one that he he wins was the jail song. It's so ironic. And I feel like, yeah, the universe just works itself out sometimes (laughs) to be like, here's this little gift. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, wasn't in attendance. And he also, I guess, canceled his Coachella performance. So he's really... Yeah, but he did say recently that he's, like, going to work on himself, and we saw him at Saints soccer game with Kim. So, yeah, I really do wish him all the best. Yeah, I watched his um, Netflix documentary. Did you watch? Oh, yeah. No, but my sister did, and she, like, keeps telling me to watch it. It's on my list. It is. (laughs) It's very insightful, and you see him in an entirely different light. And sometimes it's hard for me because – I will admit that I have been like a Kanye stan since I was in middle school, just because I loved his music, you know, every album I've listened to a million times. So it's like, I have to remind myself, like you, you have to separate it sometimes. Um, but that being said, his documentary, we all know that he suffers from, you know, mental health illnesses, but it gives you a very up close and personal look at at what he deals with as far as his mental health is concerned and also his past traumas with losing his mom. Um, And I think it just makes you a little more empathetic to people who have gone through a hard time. It's not an excuse and it doesn't condone bad behavior at all, Um, but it just gives you more context, I think, and more, more to think about before you cast judgment. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, But yeah, and the Grammys was just full of, (laughs) full of honestly, like, great gossip. So (laughs) I love this, this nomination. And we're going to wrap up with this week in Petty. What are you petty about this week? Okay, well, um, I'm going to throw one of my followers under the bus this week. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) On my Instagram page. They put it out there for me because every so often when I'm bored, I'll do one of the Instagram story questions where I'm like, tell me about your life drama. And I have gotten some wild things, but this one submission has been living rent free in my brain ever since I read it. And the answer to the question, tell me about your life drama. This woman admitted that she fantasizes about her kid's bus driver. <laughs> I was like, what? Like I, I can't. The bus like, driver out of, out yeah. of everything that you could pick. And I'm just like, what does that entail? Like, do you get up early in the morning and you fix your hair extra nice because you got to take the kids to the bus stop? Oh, like, no. Oh, no. Full oh, on no. fantasizing about the kids' bus driver. 
I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, you're like not wearing your house coat out. You put on like a full <laughs> <Yeah>. outfit. Like, <laughs> uh, oh my God. And also it's like, no offense, but like, have you ever seen a hot bus driver? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, like, seriously, I feel like they're always grumpy, which like, again, it's like, that's so valid because I feel like people treat bus drivers like shit, but it's like, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I hope she's listening. <laughs> I hope she follows up with you. It's like, so funny. <laughs> Fingers crossed that one day that fantasy comes true, baby. Yeah, yeah. That is, I feel like, a very, like, 80s porno, like, <laughs> like situation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I guess it's like she rolls up to the house. What does, she, what does he do with the bus and the kids on the right, bus? Right. It's like, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Did you ask any follow-up questions when this happened? No, but I should. I should reach back go and see you know how the 720 pickup has been going for her. Yeah, yeah. it's also so early in the morning like, I know <laughs> like, that's such a good point like it's not like an after hours like the mood is set with some like dim lighting it's like no the birds are chirping literally there's dew on the grass yeah I hope that for her sake that they never have to change bus drivers for her yeah me too. Just gets your day going. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, if you're listening out there, like, please follow up with Morgan. Yeah, we, please. We please. need the, the juicy deeds. <laughs> okay. This was so much fun. I feel like you brought so much insight. Like, I feel like we really, like, kind of talked about so many, like, characters in the TV show and, like, their behavior and, like, the inner workings of of these people I yeah I that. feel smarter and that's yeah, the yeah, of the podcast yeah. you gotta leave the podcast feeling smarter and you're good yeah. to go I love that where can the listeners find you and anything else you want to plug so my Instagram and my TikTok is Morgan P talks t-a-l-k-s and then we do um weekly episodes of my podcast morgan's pop talks you can get it on spotify on apple on spreaker pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts um yeah so one more time the social media handles morgan p talks nice thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Morgan for joining me on today's episode. As I mentioned at the top of the show, there's a few things I want to address. So (laughs) first off, we basically did no Grammys coverage. To be honest, I am so exhausted still two weeks out from Oscars that I couldn't even bear to watch or look at the Grammys. And Again, usually I don't even watch, but like I couldn't even look at the red carpet. I was just so, is that even possible to be burnt out from a award show you didn't even watch? <laughs> like I guess so with all of the think pieces and like content that's been surrounding it and still getting those memes and tweets and shit. So yeah, not much on the Grammys for fun. I will say though, congrats to Olivia Rodrigo because She got three Grammys and I just love her music and I love her. So congrats. I will watch Drive Home to You, VVVV soon. Um, Summer House, just like the funniest like one-off things that I want to say. Luke being like, let's crack the tiramisu when Andrea is literally having a mentee bee and the girlies were fighting. I was dying. I feel like this is his 
perfect role in the show where he's there. He adds these one-liners. He's a sounding board, but he's not like driving the drama like he was in his Hannah era. So I just love that. Also, I just wanted to say I feel so bad for Andrea. He, I know I've been back and forth with him on this podcast, but he does gen- genuinely seem like a nice person. He's, I think, a little bit sketch with like his just need to be on reality TV and like chase girls that are on reality TV. But it seems like maybe with this girl Lexi, who I think he's together with IRL right now, maybe again he pushed too much with Paige and let a real thing kind of slip away. And and obviously he was homesick as well. Um, and just seeing him like literally sob was so heartbreaking. We love men that cry on TV and IRL, obviously, um, and break down those, you know, stereotypes about men, those gender roles that are harmful. So I just love him and his little outfits and hope that he gets his happily ever after. And then the last thing I want to say about, no, two more things I want to say about Summer House. A, where the fuck is Alex? I am so shocked that he is, again, he is there. They are just cutting him out of the TV show. And I just think it's wild that you could be, I guess, so boring or so like non-existent to the main storylines that they think it's easier to just cut you out of frame instead of explaining or giving you any screen time. (laughs) But I also feel bad for him too. It just obviously didn't work out. They've had some hit and misses on this show. It's so weird that they sometimes get like literally the best people and then sometimes the worst. But I do feel bad like he not gave up a summer. I'm sure it was fun and brought him connections and friends and stuff like that. But I would be so fucking salty if on Survivor we call it the Purple Kelly edit, but if you filmed a TV show and then were literally non-existent and you're like hyping up your friends, you're doing watch parties, you're like obviously sharing it, you're putting other opportunities on hold and then like you're like, let's sit down and watch this episode and then you're like, oh, I just, (laughs) I was there, but I am not there. So... RIP to Alex's uh, reality TV career. Um, Would love to see if he is on the reunion and would love to see him give a little bit of pushback to Bravo and to Andy for just seriously cutting him out of the whole show. Last thing, B. (laughs) Paige DeSorbo says, I guess Craig says, like, do you have any tattoos or something like that? And she says... Or would you ever get a tattoo or something like that? And she says, you wouldn't put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. And that is a direct quote, callback to like season one of the Kardashians when Chloe um, gets a tattoo, I believe. I think this was maybe in her Lamar era. And she's like, Kim, would you get one or whatever? And she's like, why would you put a bumper sticker on a Bentley? So I just thought that was so fucking interesting how that classic Kardashian line has permeated like the culture that someone is referencing it a like 15 years later, maybe even 20 years later. No, definitely 15 years later that maybe people of younger generations like don't know that that's a Kim Kardashian tweet. 
And that it's like, oh my God, like she is such a Kim Kardashian fan. And for that to, for that to be aired was just really, I don't know, fascinating to me. This wasn't the most, most articulate take. I will, I will say that, um, really want someone else to like weigh in on it. But I don't know, to me, it really stood out. Okay, two random things. I don't think, I think I was way too like cool, calm and collected when we were talking about Kristen Cavallari hiring Tyler Cameron for her jewelry line photo shoot. Um, if I was rich and famous, I would do that too, um, just to hang out. I don't know if that's like super consensual to be honest, or like I feel like that kind of is an abuse of power, but like literally, um, yeah, I would just like hire all of the hot guys that I wanted to talk to. So like Kristen, you're such a queen. Um, and then the last thing is Jack Harlow, like literally move over Pete Davidson. There's a new grimy white boy in town. Jack Harlow is a Survivor fan. Y'all know I'm a diehard Survivor fan. The only reason I don't talk about it more on this podcast is I don't think anyone else who's listening does. So that's why I just like sprinkle in little tidbits, but I don't talk about it like tons. But uh, Jeff Probst did a message, like a video message to Jack. Um, and it was like, come out, bring your buddies. You can watch a, a tribal. You can watch a challenge. You can run a challenge. We'll fly you out, put you in a fucking first class pod. You'll, you can leave LAX at midnight, arrive in Fiji the next morning. And I was like, why am I not getting this invite myself? That sounds like my literal dream outside of playing the game of survivor and then um just like I don't care about you anymore Pete Davidson the branding thing gave me the ick I am 100% on the Jack Harlow train choo-choo motherfucker the nail in the coffin for me and my new celeb crush was uh Jack Harlow released a new song on Friday I'm saying that in the past tense it is Tuesday so he's releasing it on Friday you're hearing this on Sunday or beyond and he samples the iconic Fergie song glamorous uh haven't even heard the full song obvi but it is viral on TikTok it is on my for you page every fucking minute of every day and I am just all in. I love that song. I, other than the little Nas X song, I don't even think I've heard of a Jack Harlow song, but I'm all in. <laughs> Last, I wanted to share like the quickest this week in Petty with y'all because um, it's probably funny to me and nobody else. But there is a maintenance man, a maintenance person in my apartment building, and I call him the golden knife killer. Honestly, shout out to George <laughs> if you ever found this or whatever. Um, he's a lovely man, lovely, lovely, lovely man, but he looks like the golden knife killer um, from this TV show I used to be obsessed with called Las Chicas del Cable. Still am low-key obsessed. Would be Lydia for Halloween if anyone knew what I who I was. But, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it's not even Las Chicas. It's Grand Hotel. Um, okay. 
I went through like such a Spanish like telenovela phase in my life and like I, literally half of the actors are on the same tv show but 100% was Grand Hotel I would be Alicia for or Lisa or whatever the fucking lead character's uh name was uh in Grand Hotel but no it is the murderer spoiler alert the murderer in Grand Hotel is also my maintenance man <laughs> I'll put up a side-by-side picture in my Instagram stories and y'all can weigh in. Maybe I'm nuts, but they, oh no, I can't, (laughs) I can't do a side-by-side. I don't have a picture of George and I'm not, (laughs) could you imagine? I'm like, hey, can I get this picture of you? You look like the creepy murderer um, who uses a golden knife to cut off women's hair in this Spanish TV show I watched six years ago. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, this is becoming so unhitched. I'm going to wrap this up. My washer, my washer machine was broken. He came to look at it. He was maskless, which like mask restrictions have been removed where I live. But like, I feel like when you're still entering someone's house who you like don't know, I I was masked. Um, it's just like polite, polite to throw on, like toss on a mask. And um, so anyways, we're just talk, talking about my washer. We're both standing in the like closet that it's in. So we're standing pretty close to one another. And he lets out the gnarliest cough. <laughs> I obviously made a face and took a step back, which I need to be way better at controlling my facial expressions, etc. because I feel like they're so out of control lately, probably because of the mask wearing. And he goes, oh, I'm not like sick or anything. And it's like, then just fucking wear a mask. Anyways, he was like, it's just really dry in this apartment unit. And I was like, okay, that's fair. So I bought a fucking humidifier, um, which weirdly has made me feel like I'm better than everyone else I don't know why I have no idea but it's been running for like two days and I'm just like why isn't my skin fixed uh why I don't know (laughs) why do I feel better than anyone I have no fucking idea anyways that's all to say um wear a mask if you're in close proximity to people and don't cough in their faces and don't be offended uh, when you cough in their face and they like are nervous or want you to wear a mask. Um, and don't be offended if they think you are the murderer, the Spanish murderer of um, a famous TV show set in like fucking Basque, <laughs> Basque Spain or whatever. <sighs> Anyways, this is a plug to go watch Grand Hotel, um, an iconic TV show. Anyways, uh, Thanks to Kat for leaving us a voice message. If you have a question for me or for a guest, uh, you can go to speakpipe.com slash ready to be petty. I'll put the link in my episode show notes and leave a comment or question. and I'll include it in a future episode and follow along with me on socials at RTBP podcast. I feel like there's always things I want to say like midweek that come up that I want to say on the podcast and by the time I'm recording I've usually forgotten so if you want to keep up on those things um, I do post a lot on 
Instagram specifically. And again, just thank you so much for listening and sliding into my DMs and letting me know what you enjoyed about the episode or what you thought was funny or your own hot takes about the stories that I'm covering here on RTBP. I hope that you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.